Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is where we take all of your questions. So if you're not already watching on Facebook, make sure you head over there and you can leave your questions in the comment section underneath the video for us. And man, do we have a fun win to get to talk about today. <laughs> that was such a great game. Um, we're going to have nice questions. We're, yeah, I'm sure that we're going to have some some very fun questions. I love this. We already see a. Uh, uh, everyone talking about taking over the division, which is going to be great. So Got the um, opportunity right in we front do of us. have the opportunity for sure. So I guess as we give people a chance to start submitting some of their questions, what were just the biggest things that stood out to you about this game in LA? Well, I think the one thing that people probably aren't talking about as much, and for obvious reasons, I mean, you're going to be talking about Chris Godwin and all of his, you know, twelve hundred seventy-two. Jameis Winston is NFC Player of the Week. Um, Mike Evans had the big bomb. Rojo looked great. Uh, Shaq Barrett makes another huge play. Obviously, we need to talk about all that, but I think the part that maybe people aren't talking about is how good the offensive line played. <clears throat> and really, that's where it all starts. You need that in order for all of this other great stuff to happen. And James Winston had tons of time. He got sacked twice, but as Coach Arians said, those were, those were instances where he held on the ball. For, and that's going to happen, especially because we're trying to push the ball downfield. Right. So there are times where, where James is looking downfield, but he just he, does, he can't pull the trigger because it's not quite right. there. And actually – even those plays aren't necessarily a bad thing when you're looking at the evolution of Jameis and this offense because probably there are times in the past where he would have tried to throw a pass that was ill-advised and he decides not to and he eventually gets sacked, but a sack isn't the end of the world. I mean, he, if you take a sack rather than throwing a dangerous pass, that's probably a win. So I can't, you, you can't know for sure because you don't know what pass he's going to throw, but overall – Every now and then holding on the ball to a little too long is not the worst thing in the world. You'd right. like to see him throw it away, but it's not always easy. But really, other than that, the offensive line, I thought they played phenomenal. They've been they've been playing great in the run game all year already, and the pass blocking in this last game against a team that had Aaron Donald on it, by the way, was really, really phenomenal. Right. Uh, that's another takeaway for me is that <clears> – <throat> This staff, and listen, the defense gave up 519 yards, I think, and 40 points, or 33, because one was a pick six, but <clears throat> that's not great. But they won the game, they had four turnovers, They uh, those four turnovers led to 28 points, which is phenomenal. And what I, what I like about this current defense and the coaching staff is they really do seem to be able to scheme up something and make it work. They said they schemed something, they worked all week's particularly scheming how to try to limit Aaron Donald. And they really did. They did right. a really good job against him, and that's not that's hard to do. Yeah, that is huge. Um, we've got a lot of people shouting out Jameis for the NFC Offensive yeah, Player awesome. of the Week as well, which is really cool. That's his second award. Um, and as always, we have people asking us for injury updates, which is where now we can give the disclaimer <laughs> that is unfortunate about when we, we do this show. We should do this show on Thursdays, right. I think. Yeah, we always do this show on Wednesday morning, and in a normal week, Wednesday is the first practice, and it's the first day you have to put on an injury report, and, and we'll have that – uh, by late afternoon. Uh, often, however, uh, Coach Arians does come in to his post-practice press conference right here in this room, and he'll give you a little tease of what you're going to see. On right. the, he'll say who didn't practice. So, you know, you'll find watch that, mm -hmm. which will be about, what, I think, 1 o'clock today, somewhere around that. Right. Watch, uh, watch Bruce Arians' press conference, and you get some hint there, and then just check the website, and we'll tweet it out, the, the injury report, later today. But beyond that, I guess one of the things they're probably wondering about is Jack Sitchie, and we already do have a little bit of good news as far as that's concerned. I don't know about you, but seeing – I didn't actually watch the replay because I didn't want to. I heard it was not yeah, fun to watch. Yeah, I didn't either. <clears throat> yeah. But – I know what happened to his arm, um, and given his history, and he was obviously emotional as anybody would be afterwards, it just looked like, oh, here, here we go again. Right. And, and yet, 
Coach Arian said on Monday, it looks like two to four weeks. I'm like, two to four Which weeks. Which I'm blown away by, but I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that that's the case. I mean, and I'm sure that um, Jack probably thought, as we did, that it just seemed so bad in the moment that, yeah, the way he reacted, I just assumed he's out for the year. I mean, this yeah. could be... You know, this this seems like the kind of thing that would be so serious. Yeah, you would assume so. So yeah, I'm so thrilled even, to hear that's not even the case. if that's optimistic. And let's say it's six weeks, that's still phenomenal. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, we had a question from Justin asking, "Do you see us re-signing Shaq during the season? He's definitely seemed to earn a new deal." <laughs> that was uh, that was basically what we kind of conjectured last week when somebody said, "What are you going to do with that money you save from the JPP from the JPP thing?" Yeah. I think it's a great idea. You know, it's it's probably walking a line between for both the player and the team. If you're interested in re-signing Shaq for a longer contract, because we got him on a one-year deal, and he's interested in re-signing, do you do you do do you want to do it now if you're the team or the player, right. or do you want to do you want to wait if you're the player and you get six more sacks in the next three games? Right. Would you maybe get more? It's like the deal or no deal show is what <laughs> exactly, I feel like. Of, yeah. You know, like how do, should do you I feel open like, that? Envelope, yeah, which case should suitcase? I open? I mean, you know, am I going to have a game with you know no sacks and a few in a row, or am I going to have right. even more? So what? So am I nine sacks on? after four games is record tying nine sacks and i don't think this is going to be the case but nine sacks after 10 games doesn't look as good right. so when do you want to pull the trigger on yeah. that i don't know um i i think i would think both those sides would be motivated to get something done i hope we hear something along those lines i would agree <clears throat> um jm said why do you think we play better on the road i think it's a small sample size coincidence i don't, I don't think it means anything um there's no because there's no reason for that and historically it's not true you know yep so four um, games is, is what we're talking about and here. here's the question that you already knew was coming before rojo? the show rojo we talked about this that we this will is, rojo will, will rojo be starting is, is rojo is? our starter or how <laughs> will they decide who starts the game until they have a hot hand well it, <laughs> i'm sorry because i feel like a broken record i say the same thing every week it's not all that critical who starts it's really not that important um you saw in the last game who became the primary running back and it was Rojo because he was doing great, and he's been doing great all year. I, I would be surprised if going forward he didn't continue to get more snaps and more carries just right. because he, he has the hot hand, not just in a game but across multiple weeks. Right. And he has shown an ability to create these big plays, which was the reason you drafted him. I mean, he had 70 rushing yards and a 12-yard catch in that game, but he had about 78 yards of other plays called back on penalties that, you know, I could tell from Bruce's reaction in the press conference yesterday, he probably didn't necessarily agree with the penalty calls. Right. So let's just say those Shocking. plays were those plays were properly blocked. Um, that's a huge day, 150-something yards and, and a touchdown. Uh, he's the hot hand right now. So, again, it doesn't really matter who starts. And when coaches asked about this, he's always like, I like what we got here. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, Peyton – I don't think he's undeserving of starting, particularly because it doesn't matter in the long run, right? So he's done well also. He right. had a nice touchdown run. And, um, you know, the funny thing about the, we were talking about the, the plays that were called back. One of them was like a play to the outside, and it was kind of blocked up like a little screen pass. I sometimes wonder if coaches think, I, these are great plays, but what's the point of, of playing them? What's the point of running them when the, the refs are constantly throwing flags on the blocks out on the perimeter? Right. Like the one yeah. that, that called back Cam Brate's first touchdown, yeah. two of them in a row. You look at the film and you go, that looks like it's perfectly blocked. Demar's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. In this other one, it looked like O.J. Howard blocked perfectly. Yeah. But he got a flag. It's just when they're out there on the perimeter and then the guy runs through the tunnel that you created with these blocks and the, the defenders then try to pull away – Right. Anything that looks like maybe 
the defender still has his hands on him, they call they throw a flag. Yeah, which and is And then you slow it down, and you look at it and go, well, it looks like he did that just right. So at some point, as, a, as an offensive quarter, I'd get frustrated and go, I'm not going yeah, to run that play anymore. That anymore. We yeah. ran it perfectly, and we, we never get anything out of it. Yeah, that's a great that's point. That's probably not true, but not right. going to happen. But. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Joe asked, do you see Sean Murphy Bunting taking over for MJ Stewart at some point? Uh, sure, it could happen. Uh, he definitely was in the running for the slot job uh, in training camp, and he um, – and he's definitely, you can tell he's the next guy in when anybody gets hurt or is out for a play or two, you know what I'm saying? So right. sure, it could happen. I mean, listen, the pass defense is giving up 318 yards per game. That's not phenomenal. You could make changes. And he was a second-round draft pick. Obviously, when you, trick, when you take a corner in the second round, he's usually playing sooner rather than later. Um, how about, uh, Eric asked, what do you think the Bucks have to do to make it through the difficult travel stretch they have coming up? Well, we've already, you know, if I told you we were going to win the first game against the Rams, wouldn't you feel good about those five-game stretch? I mean, that was probably the one that if people were marking, okay, this is probably a win, this is probably a loss, that's the one people would have chalked up a loss to us, right? So, you know, it sounds cliche, take it one game at a time, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, our sports science guys have given uh, Bruce Arians a lot of tips, a lot of ideas about how to handle all of this travel, and, and he's following it because he believes in that stuff so um basically just follow the advice of your sports science people and take it one game at a time yeah that's true uh Fitzgerald said uh how do you feel about Kevin Minter's play I think he's done a nice job of, of filling in for Kevin White I really liked his um well-timed blitz I guess you'd call it through the line on that fourth down play right that, and and by the way now that I brought that up that to me that's another great example of what I was talking about how it seems like this coaching this defensive coaching staff does a good job of anticipating and scheming certain things up you know what I'm saying? Right. Remember when Coach Arians said a few weeks ago that, um, I think it was after the Carolina game, that it's fun to have the headset on that he can hear Todd Bowles right. because Todd Bowles is calling out what the play is going to be before it right. happens. Right, yeah. And um, if if there's ever evidence that that's true, I call I look at that fourth down play. I, do you, I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about, but it was like fourth and two around the maybe the 40 or the 45 of the Rams, and they went for it, and um, they threw a little – it's the one Shaq intercepted. Mm-hmm. So at the snap, Shaq and Carl Nassib are both on the line where they normally are because they're normally pass rushing. Every now and then, especially Shaq, more than Carl, drops into coverage. But more often than not, they're coming at the passer. Right. And I believe that's what that's what the Rams thought we were going to do there. And um, and the tight end releases and does a little flat route. And both Shaq and Carl drop into coverage and if you're watching the they actually wasn't just dropping into coverage he was basically covering that guy because he saw him going out and if you watch the tv broadcast you you hear the announcer go wow he Shaq really did a nice job of reacting to that guy going out I think it was probably a planned thing I don't think he just reacted because if you're supposed to rush the passer and you see the tight end go you're you're not reacting to that you would already be past that yeah so I think it was schemed up and then Kevin Minter timed his rush towards the line perfectly and that was schemed up as well and he's he gets right through the line and he makes it so that Jared Goff has to basically go with his first hmm. read and I think the Rams thought and Goff thought pre-snap read that tight end who releases is going to be totally wide open it's just a quick little easy out route little shallow thing that we'll just throw we'll hit real quick convert the fourth down and go right um but that's not what the Bucks did right yeah. I think they anticipate what was going to happen and Shaq and Carl both dropped and covered guys 
And Kevin's quick blitz made it so Jared Goff couldn't pull off his first read. He just kind of had to throw. Right. And he probably thought it was going to be wide open, and instead it was an interception. Yeah. yeah. Um, James said, I feel like a few times we saw our DBs play a little reserved. Seems like they mm. could have gone for the pick, but played for deflection or the catch and tackle. Do you think that's what coaches have seen as well? BA said we need to play more aggressive. Yeah, I mean, uh, overall, I, I'm not so much that. I know what he's talking about when you see you say a guy go for a deflection. Like there was one um, – near our goal line where it was deflected because it was thrown behind the, the receiver a little bit and it wasn't cl quite close enough to Vernon for him to intercept it but he kind of tried to lunge at it mm -hmm. off the, the pick but on that particular play if you watch it in slow motion or in, on replay you'll see that it looked if I'm if I'm Hargraves I think that Paul's coming right to me because it was thrown behind the receiver the receiver managed to get a hand on it and deflect it but I can understand in that particular case why it looked like he was laying back. I think, watching the replay, he was thinking it was going to be a pick. Right. He didn't need to go. He didn't need to come get the guy. But I do think there are times when our defensive backs um, maybe drop a lot. On they, They're worried about the deep ball, and they drop, and then just they run a quick out underneath it. I saw that happen a couple times. And, you know, we've seen that a lot through the years, through recent years here with our DBs playing off and a lot of underneath stuff. I don't think that's been as big of a deal now. I think we do play a more aggressive brand of defense, but I could certainly understand wanting to get even more, a little bit a little bit more aggressive. And Bruce did say, you guys need to go out there and play. You know, right. Be aggressive and play. I think it's sort of one of those things where do you want to be – you want to have 45 passes completed on you, for you know, and it ends up being 500 yards because you're worried about giving up the 80-yard the bomb, or do you want to play more aggressively, make some big plays, and every now and then give up a big play? Right. Uh, and we'll close with this. I saw somebody, okay. uh, Jacob, asked about Ryan Smith, mm -hmm. and now we know that the in the four games of his suspension is over, um, but I saw that, that we had announced some news with mm -hmm. what we're doing with that, so can you explain the Ryan Smith situation? Yeah, so he was, his four-game suspension ended on Monday, uh, but you are allowed to ask for, and, and we received were granted a an exemption of up to one week for him to he can practice with the team but he doesn't count against the 53 man roster until you activate him from that exemption list so it allows it allows a team and a player to sort of find out you know is he in shape is he ready to play or not rather than instantly having to make a roster move right but at some point this week i do anticipate that we will probably activate him and have him play in new orleans which means at that point you will have to release somebody right and i'm not going to speculate who that might be but um you put him on the 53-man roster so he can play at New Orleans. And would we do that right away or wait through one more week because we could wait till Monday to activate him? I think we probably will do it in time for this game because, not because of defense, but because he's a very, very good special teams player. And our special teams have been, you know, right. okay. Right. I think they could use another really good gunner. You know, I've seen a couple times when the ball, where the punts are close to the goal line, and we, well, there was one in that game where you're hoping to bat it back yeah. or down it. He's very, very good at that. Yeah. So I think he would make an instant impact on special teams, and for that reason, I would anticipate that we do activate him before this game. Okay, all right. Well, that's a great point. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We enjoyed all those questions, and we'll see you back here next week, hopefully after another W against New Orleans.